0: Have you ever found an old photo album from your family and uh you take out the pictures and you see pictures of your parents when they are when they were your age now your your parents were like twenty years of age and you go, "Oh my goodness, mummy, what did you do to your hair like do you know I remember those beehive things those beehive hairdos, right you see them in some of those old movies and uh yeah anyway it's just it's just this funny hairstyle where the hair is just in this big Ball thing up there you know and uh, or the, the massive sunglasses the interesting thing is a lot of those things that looked really dated 10 years ago are now back in fashion the big sunglasses the big the big glasses are back the bigger the better like that, that that's straight out of the 80s like um, when I was young then the bell bottoms started to come back in you know the bell bottom jeans yeah all these things that looked so so dated uh, it's interesting to think that at any point in history We always consider ourselves the most developed that we've ever been. We always consider ourselves, as a a human race, the most intelligent that we've ever been. Like, we're always on the pinnacle of of new discoveries. We're always, you know, the next iPhone has just been released. The next technology has just, you know, uh, taken the world by storm. So we're constantly... uh, We we constantly think we're smarter than we've ever been. What's interesting is, is when you look back over history, or especially ancient history, you discover that there were some pretty amazingly smart people back even millennia ago, like Newgrange. I'm not sure if any of you Irish people here have been to Newgrange, where they, they built this uh, tomb for a, a local king, and the light comes into the tomb down along a corridor, once in the year, on the winter solstice, once, one day in the year, at sunrise. They were able to build the whole thing and arrange the position of the corridor, the light corridor, and the light would come in so they knew they knew what a winter solstice was, right they knew how to build an angle and and, and they knew the sun would come up on at, at that same point. 5,200 years ago before you were even a twinkle in your mother 's eye five thousand two hundred years ago they were able to to, to do this you know if it's like again even like more, slightly more recent history, maybe even five, 600 years ago, when a lot of these beautiful cathedrals and churches were built, stonemasons, all the stuff that they did with stone that we don't really know how to do. No one builds with stone anymore. We don't know how to do it, like the, those kind of techniques. We just we, we preform concrete or something. We don't know how to do those kind of things anymore. Uh, even just basic trades, like how to use wood to build things. These kind of, well, we have enormous access to information. We've never had easier access we back in the day, when I was a kid, we used to have to buy things called encyclopedias. Right? And every most families would have one. And they were like a, a twenty volume set of books, hardback books if they were the, if you got the snobby expensive ones. And they, they cost about they were they were expensive back in the day. I don't know what they cost like. Like a thousand pounds, that must be what? thousand five hundred euro or something like they were a lot of money and they were usually actually put up on display in the book cabinet uh, near beside the tv to show everyone we have encyclopedias the britannica ones they're really good they have pictures <laughs> and if you wanted to know something you would find the relevant volume of your britannica encyclopedia and you would take it out how do they build bridges how do atoms work uh, what is, why do we have toenails you know, you'd, you'd, you'd find your relevant Britannica and you'd open the page you'd go to the index and that's how we found out information uh, it was slow a slow process now we have such easy access to information but I would argue that it doesn't make us any more intelligent maybe even the opposite maybe even our reliance on technology means there's actually very little stored in here at all we always presume if I need any answers I'll just take out the phone and so maybe we're not quite as smart as we think we are. Maybe we're not quite as developed or advanced as we think we are. Maybe we're exactly as susceptible to stupidity as we as a human race have ever been. Maybe this, this technology hasn't made us any more virtuous whatsoever. It, I'm just thinking of this, of this uh, as we read the, the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. We heard it in our first reading the more they called themselves philosophers, the more stupid they grew until they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for a worthless imitation. So the glory of the immortal God in exchange for a worthless imitation for the image of mortal man, of birds or quadrupeds or reptiles. that is why God left them to their filthy enjoyments and practices with which they dishonored their own bodies since they have given up divine truth for a lie and have worshipped and served creatures instead of the creator. So this is what, this is 2,000-ish years ago. Are we so advanced that we're incapable of this? Have we grown in knowledge of God so much that we're not susceptible to this? I think we think we are, we think we're so advanced. You know, we, we look at the Aztecs and go, absolutely horrendous. That they would sacrifice people to try and pacify the sun god or the weather god. You know, So if we sacrifice this person, if we shed blood here, then the sun god or the, 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 the weather god will be pacified and they will bless our crops and you know, we will eat uh, even throughout the winter. So we'll sacrifice people. And we read these stories and go, oh my goodness, how barbaric. How awful. You know, what, what, what a ridiculous concept. You know, I sacrifice a person, so that I can, you know, maybe eat or I can have a better lifestyle? Well, fast forward 2,000 years. Is abortion any different? Where this little life here will radically change my life. It will radically change my lifestyle. So if I sacrifice that life, then I have a better life. If I offer this up, then somehow my my. I can live my career, I can live my, my life as I, as I wish, as I choose. Is that any different? Have we really changed? So, we, as I say, this, this reading here, uh, Paul writes to the Romans that they, they've exchanged the glory of an immortal God for a worthless imitation. Again, are we, any, are we actually any different? Or is our generation any different? Where we can exchange the image of an immortal God for constant pleasure and entertainment and this is this is often what happens as, as we become a little more affluent or wealthy that we don't have to worry about you know going out every day tilling the soil and reaping crops and saving them and storing things up for the winter we don't have to worry about that anymore that's all that'll all be fine food we don't know who, who i mean who wakes up in the morning thinking oh my goodness will i have three meals a day will i have three meals today everyone knows you're gonna have three meals today there's absolutely no problem no, no one is worried about will we have enough food to eat That's really not a concern. I don't think any of you have ever actually been hungry. Ever. (laughs) We think we're hungry. And us Irish, we do like to somewhat exaggerate. I'm absolutely starving. I could die right now. Which means that I haven't eaten in an hour and a half. You know? uh, Like, but we've never actually been, we've never actually, have you ever been concerned, my goodness, will we have enough food this winter? No, not even, not even. It's not even on our radar, okay. So we, those kind of things are really taken care of. Okay, I was going to say, aren't you actually afraid of being cold? I know this house isn't always the warmest, but there's cold, and then there's absolutely this could give me pneumonia. Cold, okay? It some, can be somewhat a little chilly here, but it's not going to kill you. Um, it, again, you go back back not so long ago before uh, plumbing or uh, heating in houses. What was the thing. We visited Kilkenny Castle there a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, with some of the community here. And like so the, the most the, the richest people of the day, the the, the nobles of the locality there in, in Kilkenny, right, like they lived in a castle that has big, heavy, cold and damp limestone walls. And it was an amazing thing to have stoves or an open fire in every room. So no matter where you went, you stank of smoke. Right, and you had to have an open fire in your room. So you would to get up at night and throw in a few logs or call, call the, the servants, put some coal or burn some timber or whatever it was uh, on, on the stove. That, that was how you didn't get pneumonia. The point being, they were considered rich in the day. These things aren't even a consideration for us. What does that mean? It means it frees up our, our time. We have a lot more kind of disposable time now which we tend to fill with entertainment. Hence the phone, hence TV, hence I mean, pubs, clubs and parties. We want to fill that time with, with fun when there's something interesting. And maybe we're doing exactly what the Romans did back 2,000 years ago and before, where we're exchanging the image of an immortal God for some worthless imitation. We're just adoring maybe ourselves, you know, the human body the, the way the, the, the body now is well used to sell everything and it's so everything is made so kind of sensual everything is made so, so tactile so everything is so sexualized if I'm honest this degradation of the human body into just a, a commodity are we any different? are we so above all of these things that the, the, the Romans were guilty of 2000 years ago? I think we're exactly the same I think the human heart hasn't changed much that means that scripture is entirely as relevant to us today as it was back then they're not talking to cavemen like they're talking to people just like us susceptible to exactly the same temptations so what can we take from this reading today I think it's good to be I think it's good to have a humble recognition of our need for God and of our weakness in the face of temptation. Lord, I need you. I need you. We live in a world that's full of entertainment and it's very entertaining. You, if you like war movies, there's an infinity of stuff you can look up online. If you like romantic comedies, you can watch those too. If you like The Crown, there's a new series that's after coming out. There's so much that we can do to entertain ourselves. What's our priority? What are we putting in the number one place? Are we giving God his due? Are we giving him the time he deserves? Lord, we ask you today to help us to deepen our prayer life, our time spent with you, and our resolve, our determination, our decision, Lord, to put you in the first place. No excuses. You deserve my time. You deserve prayer. You deserve that I would trust you with my needs. I just better get on with doing that and stop talking about it. Lord, you deserve that I kneel down before you and empty my heart out before you. You deserve to be God of my heart and you humbly wait for my invitation you wait for my decision Lord I don't want to leave you waiting any longer I don't want to exchange the glory of our immortal God for some worthless imitation. and so if I'm doing that or have done that Lord I apologise help me to give you your due And put you in the first place in my heart.